This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to the Nikuda podcast for Parshas Shalach. Parshas Shalach is a, a very dramatic <clears throat> portion. Um, and it's interesting to note the juxtaposition of the story of the Miraglim with the mitzvah of Tzitzis. Uh, superficially, it wouldn't seem to have that much of a connection. But if we look a little bit deeper, I think we can uh, make a correlation there, which is very um, uh, enlightening as to, you know, gives us kind of another perspective on the Parsha itself, uh, the major story of the Parsha, which is, of course, the Miraglim, the story of um, why the entire generation was... uh, Disqualified from entering into Eretz Yisrael and the whole uh, 40 years of uh, going through the desert as a result. So I think that's very important to understand uh, what's going on in the background here. There is a basic, uh, there are a few basic concepts dealt with in the Parsha that uh, are aspects of Jewish law in general. One is the concept of shlichus. There's an idea of uh, what it means to send somebody uh, to do a job for you, somebody, something that you, something that you have to do yourself, but you send someone else to do for you instead of yourself as a, as a representative. Um, and that is implied by the name of the parsha itself of shlachlichu, that you know Hashem is is commanding. Moshe to uh, send these shluchim, these messengers, uh, or uh, you know, um, proxies in a sense, people that that take over and do a job for you that you, again that you're supposed to be doing yourself. Um, in Jewish law, these uh, messengers are considered to be in a sense in place of the person who is sending them. <clears throat> is to say that there's an idea of shaliach shaludam kamoisoi, that the shaliach himself takes on the legal um, uh, role of the person who's sending them to the point where they really don't have much of an identity of their own. They, they replace that person, uh, you know, in, in every respect. I mean, there's, uh, uh, to the extent that if a person appoints a shaliach, a person to be a messenger for them, then that person's hand becomes like their hand. If somebody gives something into their hand, it is now considered as if, as if they took possession of that of that item. This is a, a matter of all kinds of legal things in terms of gitten and talk in terms of... Uh, of sending documents or any, anything that requires some kind of responsibility and uh, the change of um, of uh, possession 
that takes place when it enters into the possession of the shaliach is as if it enters into the the, the uh, position of the, uh, the possession of the person himself who sent it who sent it who sent that person. In any case, that's one of the aspects. On the other hand, there is a concept of ein shaliach ledevar In other words, if a person sends somebody to do an avera, and the person and the and the shaliach does that avera, the shaliach is considered responsible for having done the avera, not the person who sent them. So, in this case, if Hashem is sending somebody to do something, and then they do not follow the. Um, they don't follow the will of Hashem, then they are on their own. Basically, they're not, uh, they don't have that, that power of Hashem behind them. And if we take this a step further, the concept that if a person is a shaliach of Hashem, that the shaliach they're doing is for Hashem himself, then they have the power of Hashem uh, to carry out whatever that shlichus is. So if we consider ourselves to be shluchim of Hashem in the world, we are doing something for Hashem specifically that he wants us to do. So then we are in in a sense given the power that he himself has. We're no, no longer on our own. As long as we're following his will, we're not on our own to get that job done. We are simply carrying out what he has asked us to do for him. Uh, he wants us to do it. That's why he made us a shaliyah as opposed to doing it himself. But on the other hand, we are doing it uh, as an extension of him as, as uh, because we're, he's the one whose idea it was and he's the one who's sending us to do it. So the problem is that there's another concept that we have that's called uh, oiras and kalim. This idea that the gashmias, the physical aspect of the world, is um, is distinct from the the uh, energy, let's say, the spiritual energy which enlivens the world. In other words, Hashem has created a physical world with all the multiplicity that that involves all the variety, all the, the, the numbers of things that get created in, uh, in, in a physical world. Uh, and each one is different than the other. Whereas that which enlivens those objects to bring them into it, to sustain them in existence, is something called the Or Ein Soif, that's the light of Hashem, which gives uh, a power of existence, the, 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 uh, takes something from potential into reality and it makes it an actual entity in the world, is something that exists on a, a completely spiritual level. And that's something which is the same, no matter what it, uh, what it fills. The idea of filling the world with Hashem's glory is the idea of taking all these physical entities that Hashem has created and to and things that we create ourselves, Yeshmiyeshim uh, is one thing from another, is to to instill those with the light of Hashem by doing what Hashem wants with those things to connect them to Hashem, and then they become a visible uh, uh, evidence and a visible. Uh, Revelation in the sense of Hashem's presence in the world, because we can't see Hashem Himself, but we can see Him through what we do with the things that He's created in the world. So they become vessels for Hashem 
that uh, that are uh, that, that are realizations of his existence and his and his will. So we, as physical beings, bring in information about the world from our physical senses: As we see, we hear, we uh, we touch, uh, smell, whatever. Through all the systems, through all the, the, these senses, uh, bring in physical information. So the only way that we can see what Hashem is doing in the world and, and also, also do for Hashem in the world is through the existence of these physical uh, objects, the uh, entities. But the problem with it is, is that sometimes if we lose sight of the consciousness and awareness of Hashem's presence and the fact that Hashem is enlivening these things with his energy, then we can just see the physical object or sense the physical object and then fall into the uh, mistake, you know, this is uh, existential uh, error of assuming that this physical entity has some kind of a life of its own, that it independent of Hashem, in other words, that it's it's has some 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 power of its of its own and some uh, existence of its own aside from Hashem, it was even if Hashem was not uh, enlivening it. So that's a very serious problem because uh, then all of a sudden its physicality becomes uh, a, a competition for Hashem. It means that something that something exists in addition to Hashem in the world that is not something that is being sustained by Hashem. So when the Maranglam were charged with this um, with this shlichus, uh, this this uh, mission to go and and uh, explore what's going on in the land that they were uh, that they've been told that Hashem has the intention of bringing them into and conquering, um, and to bring back a report about what they find there. Now they were not asked to make an evaluation of whether they are equipped to and, and capable of being able to take over or not. They are simply given the responsibility of going in and bringing back a report of what is there. The problem is, is that either because they uh, overstepped the boundaries or because they, were, they, they, they uh, reached such a low level of, uh, of self-confidence as we see by the report itself, they talk about them being as if, as if they were like uh, grasshoppers in the eyes of these giants that they encountered there. They were so overwhelmed, apparently, by what they found there and what they experienced with their physical senses, which is the whole idea of bringing back the fruits to be able to show as a physical uh, evidence of, of, of what they were talking about, um, that they all of a sudden seemed to lose consciousness of the reality that whatever they were experiencing there in in this land was was also created by Hashem and was put there by Hashem and it's in a sense and, and is being sustained by Hashem so obviously if one you know is really aware of that as uh, obviously Yeshua and Kalev were able to retain that that awareness even though you know Moshevin had to had to, it wasn't easy to retain that awareness of Moshevin had to, had to pray specially for Yoshua that he should uh, have the independence and and the uh, the strength of mind to be able to to retain that perspective and Kalev also both of them said immediately as 
as they were all supposed to have said, you know, we can do it. It's not a problem. You know, Hashem is sending us there, and whatever they have, even their their system, their you know, Yehov has died already. Whatever, there's not there's not any reason why they should have be deserving of being saved by Hashem. And Hashem is sending us there for a specific purpose in order to take it over. And Hashem knows what He wants and what He's doing and who they are and everything. It's all up to Hashem. So it's nothing to do with us whatsoever. We're just talking about how to do it in the, in the most efficient way, but nothing to do with whether we should do it or not. So it's all about being able to see the, the energy and the sustaining life force of Hashem in what He has created. If a person loses that at any point, then he becomes overwhelmed with the physical reality and thinks that and, and starts to evaluate things in physical terms. And this was the whole whole problem here. So the basic idea that we that we gain from this is that in general, looking at also the, the idea that they were going through what's called an asoya, they were going through a test. <clears throat> and a test is only really a test of a test of pituchen, is is a test only because a person uh, loses some of that pitochan and uh, you know that he that he would ordinarily is, uh, rely on and because of whatever the circumstances are they, he he comes to a lower level to see if he's really you know just not relying on a, on a natural uh, uh, level of pitochan but that he's able to uh, draw on deeper resources uh, uh, to, to be able to bolster himself so that d- despite being faced with an assignment of things not looking like they are, uh, you know, that he can cope with them, and then, re- and then being able to strengthen himself to rely on Hashem <clears throat> despite that. So that's, the real, that's what he means, you know, uh, being able to withstand or, or to pass uh, the test. So in this case, Yoshua and Kalev did pass the test, and both of them were richly rewarded for that. And the other Moroccan failed because they they gave in to their Yitzhahara, their their natural inclination to look at the physical reality as opposed to looking deeper into the spiritual reality to know that this that because they were shluchim of Hashem, they now had the power of Hashem to prevail in any circumstances, and it wasn't it didn't have anything to do with them. So. How does the what does tzitzis have to do with this? So tzitzis is the is the concept of a levush. It's talking about uh, a garment, something you put on, you 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 uh, you put it on yourself. It's an external garment, and you put it on. And when you when you put on this four cornered garment, you we're required to put these fringes. On the corners of the garment, and this is all alpikabola. These are all signifying very, very deep ideas of of the merkava and and uh, gematriyus involving all the tari mitzvahs, and it's it's a, a a lot, a lot of symbolism there. One of the one of the aspects of this is that some only some people observe today is the idea of uh, that there's supposed to be the thread of uh, techelis, which is uh, a certain shade of blue. There's a lot of different approaches to you know what what that's actually composed of, but in any case, there is an idea that um, that according to Hazal, when we look at this, this is a physical object that we're Davka supposed to look at. It's only a mitzvah to do during daylight hours when it's visible. So we're using our physical senses and we're looking at this garment and we're supposed to be aware of what that garment represents and the symbolism of it. And that's supposed to make us remember 
the Taig Mitzvahs just by looking at these a certain number of knots and a certain number of of, of uh, threads and and uh, the the gematria of the word sitzes itself and you know, coming up with the with the uh, six hundred thirty mitzvahs, whatever it is, this is the idea of something physical that we're expected to look at to remind us of something. And then he goes because I'll go even further to say that when we look at the blue of the uh, of, of the uh, of the threads, we're supposed to re- the blue is reminiscent of the of the sea, the water, and the sea is a reflection, and the and the, and the the sea is a reflection of the of the sky, which is blue, and the sky is blue because it because of the even higher worlds of the the uh, Kisiyah Kovod, the throne of glory, and the, and the oil of Mabria, and that brings us up to Hashem Himself. So, in other words, this through this 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 uh, uh, method of association whereby we look at a physical thing, and that takes us step-by-step step up to a level of, of perceiving something spiritual. Whereas we're asking basically, why is the water blue? Because the water is reflecting the, light, the, the color of the, of the sky. And why is the sky blue? Because it is reflecting the, the, the color of the of, 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 uh, trellis in, in, in Shemaim. And the, the, the Kisei Kovit. And this is, so this is supposed to bring us up to uh, 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 an appreciation, of, uh, uh, a sensation of the, the, the reality of the Kisei Kovit is just as great as the reality is, and, and even more so, than the uh, reality of the, of, of, of the Himmel, uh, the, the heavens and, uh, and, and the sea. So again, this is a physical um, manifestation of the of of uh, of a spiritual entity and a spiritual reality. So, what is that intended to show us? What it's trying to get across to us is is that the entire creation is a lavush. It's a garment, just like a garment that you put uh, is something you put onto a person's body, and the body is, in a sense, a garment to the soul, because you're talking about physicalization, something that encloses something else, something that encompasses something else, and this goes into very, very deep uh, spiritual concepts, but there's an idea of, of a whole idea that the world is is itself a lavush for Hashem, so to speak, because Hashem is the, is the, the, the spiritual reality which is keeping the, uh, the entire world alive. And in fact, uh, we have Mashalim talking about the Vushim of Hashem. And talking about, uh, by the Chayda Eagle, you remember that the, the Hashem uh, put, it said that Hashem put on a talus like a, like a Shalich Tzibur, like a, like a Chazan, and, uh, and taught Moshe Rabbeini the, the formula of the Shalich uh, Tzibur, so that he, and indeed he used those Shalich and asking for Rahman for uh, for Klalisur in, in the case of Muraglam as well. Another thing that's very interesting to note is that when um, that, that Moshe Beni's defense or a way of of of, uh, of uh, asking Hashem for Rahmanis that you shouldn't wipe the whole people out was this concept of what are the Egyptians going to think? Because if they see that Hashem wipes out the whole of Klali soul, they're just going to—they're just going to think that he—it was because he couldn't pull off um, the conquest of the uh, of the nations in Canaan, 
and uh, he just decided to, uh, to 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 drop the whole thing. So you could, one could ask, you know, what does Hashem care what the Egyptians think about it? You know, what why is that making that impression on the on the on the Mitzrayim? Is, is it makes such a big deal? But the fact is that the whole idea of Yitzhak Mitzrayim to be done in the way it was with Kriyas Yamsuf and, and uh, this whole big uh, dr- dramatic uh, uh, show was Davka in order for them to, to recognize the power of Hashem. And this had to be done through external means. It had to be done through, uh, you know, a very impressive uh, show of force. So here, if he's going to, to, to this, this same show of force is going to be reversed, and, and the whole, uh, the whole impression and the whole Kiddush Hashem, uh, that was, that, that, that happened over, um, um, that, that happened through, through the whole Yusuf Misraim, that happened through the Messias Mitzrayim is um, is is going to be totally reversed. It's going to be uh, even worse because it's now it's, it's a hill Hashem. It's showing that as if Hashem can't can't pull something off. So Hashem is concerned about how things look because the, the whole idea is that people are impressed through how things look. I mean, the whole the whole Toyota that brought the whole Yerushalayim and everything else was also done in a certain way in order to make a certain impression in a, through physical reality. So Hashem is very concerned about, about what things look like. At the same time, Hashem responds by saying that this is the... Um, this is the... Um, I'm going to make sure that, that 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 my glory should fill the earth through the punishment that they're going to go through and the fact that they're going to go through the desert for 40 years. This is a way of showing that they can't just get away with it, uh, to, to, that, and then that they will indeed, you know, they are indeed progressing gradually towards the tachlis of, of going into uh, to Eretz uh, Yisrael. So in either case, all of these things are very, very important things to keep in mind because they're extremely fundamental to the whole reality of 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 uh, Yiddishkeit and how Hashem you know uh, deals with Torah and Mitzvahs and how Hashem deals in, in history with the Jewish people as a whole. You know, I, a whole the whole thing is set up on these these are the, the like the basic principles on which the whole thing is based. That Hashem works through the physical, but that our whole challenge is to recognize that the physical is given life and sustained by Hashem's energy, and therefore Hashem has the power to do anything with it that He wants. And by giving, making us His shluchim in the world, that He is giving us the power, His own power, to be able to do whatever He sends us to do. So therefore, if it's obvious that it's something that Hashem wants from us, we should not be... Uh, put off or daunted in any way by something that seems to be a physical reality that that uh, is standing in the way, because there is nothing standing in the way. It's in a sense, it's all an illusion. It's just it's it's something that is simply concealing the force of Hashem, which is within within it. So it's it's impossible that it shouldn't do what Hashem is uh, is telling it to do. So anyway, uh, I think these are some very very important things that we can learn from the parsha that we can apply to our own lives and our own challenges. And to remember that uh, it's very important to have these nisyoinas because <clears throat> that is what we're rewarded for, you know, by by passing the tests. And also to realize that if everything went so smoothly, we would think that, you know, it's our own power, it's our own ability to, uh, uh, that we can't be challenged or that we're always victorious or whatever. And we describe it to our own power, which is uh, also a very big trap and a very big uh, nisyoin in itself. 
<clears throat> so it's, there's a reason for this dizziness and the reason why we, uh, we're faced with these kinds of challenges. But we have to be constantly, so if, we, if every day by looking at the tzitzis, we are reminding ourselves of this fact that, that Hashem is the, that the world, the physical reality is only levush, it's only a, a garment for Hashem's glory and that we should be able to see that in every aspect of the physical world.